This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Welcome to Talking Halos. This is Derek C. Paul with John Crane in our first episode of the podcast. We're here to cover the Angels. That's right, the Los Angeles Angels and everything have to do with this club. And we're starting right here, right now. John, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Living the dream and a beautiful day in Southern California today. Nice to see. Nice to talk to you, Derek. Living the dream. What exactly <laughs> is the dream? Actually, my dream is to escape this place. <laughs> a day like today makes it tempting to want to stay because the weather was a beautiful day, probably 70, 75 degrees, clear skies. Uh, it was a nice day today in Southern California. You know, by you saying my dream is to leave this place, you're talking to basically a bunch of Californians who don't want to leave, right? You know, <laughs> who Yeah, but <laughs> But we, we we got but you know we can spread our fan base around one day maybe you know after retirement you know uh, spread spread our fan base from coast to coast you know I like how Yankee fans uh, fill up uh, Angel Stadium when they come to town and Red Sox fans you know yellow jerseys you know spread them around maybe maybe even in Ohio <laughs> well there's well, there are a few here whenever I catch them out so. <laughs> Folks, before we get started in terms of just talking Angels baseball, we want to tell you why we're here. So the reason is, is because, quite frankly, there's not a whole lot of Angels coverage out there. And I got tired of looking around trying to find good coverage. Well, you know, if I can't find good coverage, let's go, let's go cover it. Let's go do what other folks aren't doing. And I'm talking, yes, I'm talking LA media, SoCal media, who have done a pretty poor job of covering the Angels over the years. There are very few podcasts out there. So if we can add something to that and provide more Angels coverage out there for you, we're going to do it. And so here we are, talking Halos. And before we even get into the the really nitty-gritty of today's win over the Royals, 7-3, by the way, we do want to let you know who we are. So, John... Real quick, can you let people know who you are, um, what you're about, and also how you became an Angels fan? Uh, I am uh, 
a father of three daughters, married. Um, I was actually uh, raised by parents who weren't baseball fans at all, so I took it upon myself back in '78 uh, when Reggie hit three home runs, and I and I, and I became an, an uh, Yankees fan. You know, jump on the bandwagon. It was fantastic to see, and uh, and I remained an active uh, Yankees fan all through high school, all through into my early adulthood, where. I- I just got real busy with work and didn't have time to really do baseball. And um, after I met my wife, got a little more time. And at that point, the Yankees had ran off a couple World Series, and I felt kind of like a bandwagoner declaring to everybody that I was a Yankees fan, even though anybody who knew me from high school knows I was. Um, So I thought, I can't be a Dodger fan because I was a Yankee fan. So I naturally gravitated to the angels and it's and they are the only southern california team that i really root for uh so and i root proudly for them good or bad and unfortunately a lot of, a lot of times this year it's been well bad but hey you know they showed some good stuff today maybe that'll change a little bit well for me i am a nine-year military veteran who left the service in 2006 to become a teacher I'm currently a teacher of American history and American pop culture and sports history in Northeast Ohio. I'm a military transient, so I've been around a lot. That's why I can proudly say I'm an Angels fan, despite the fact that I live in Ohio. Actually, we were living in California. We were stationed in, my stepfather was stationed in Long Beach, down there by San Pedro. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? The old base that was there. And my hometown. Yep, yep, and we were in the NEX, Navy Exchange, and I got my first pack of baseball cards. And in that first pack of baseball cards, the first baseball card I pulled out was a Bobby Gritch. It was a 1986 Bobby Gritch card. It had the, 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 the wood background in it, like the wooden bat background. And knowing where I am, California Angels, the, that's one of the teams in town, I chose the Angels, and I've been a diehard ever since. And it means a lot to me now to actually start this Angels podcast and cover this team well for you. So there you go. Well, folks, we are just getting started here. But if you decide after listening to us a couple of times and you like what we're doing, hey, follow us on Spreaker eventually here and within the next week or so. We should be up on iTunes. We would really enjoy a five-star review to help us move up the charts there. And if you want us to earn that five-star review, great. Email us at talkinghalos at gmail.com. Give us your feedback. Let us know about some of the things you'd like to see us do on the show and talk about in the show. And you know, trust me, you'll hear back from me. I'll reply, and I'm, I'm always open to different ways we can make our shows better. By the way, I'm also the, the podcast host over at Rams Talk. Rams Talk Radio will be covering the Los Angeles Rams for six years, and our podcast over there is three years old, so... You know, this is just this is not just some weird venture or some guy pulling up the street and just hey, let's go start a podcast. No, we actually kind of know what we're doing, kind of, and we hope to engage you the same way that we engage the Rams fans when they listen to our show. All right, so that takes us to today's game. The Angels beat the Royals today seven to three. It was a lot of fun to watch this game especially early and late, because some things happened in this game that really did not happen yesterday. That's why our episode today is called The Tale of Two Games, because what we saw yesterday when the, when, sorry, when the Angels lost 9-4 to to the Royals was an example of some of this team's biggest problems, starting pitching, 
hitting, clutch hitting, any kind of hitting, really. The bullpen was having issues. It just was not a great game to watch, and it really exemplified all the issues in this team. And then today's game turns around, and it shows us the what this team can do in the right position. Matt Harvey comes out today, seven innings, great pitching, gives up two hits. We get clutch hitting early on. Albert Pujols with a huge double in the first inning, driving in some runs. And then late, of all people, Justin Bohr puts a cap on it in the top of the ninth, just when the Angels needed a little bit of extra breathing room. And here you go, Angels in the first road series of the year, 7-3. So great, you know, just a really great contrast in terms of what we saw yesterday and today. So, well, you know, John, can the Angels do this consistently moving forth or was say one of those just glimpses of what the team can be? I think it's a glimpse of what they can be and that I hope they will be. Um, seven innings, boy, I can't remember the last time I've seen somebody go seven innings with an Angels uniform. I'm sure it's happened, but I can't remember it. Uh, and, of course, the bullpen came in and gave up a couple runs, but uh, we still got the win. So that's my big takeaway on this game is that we we actually we, we got a manager who's going to let somebody perhaps if they're pitching well go seven innings uh, as much as i love mike Sosha, he was quick with the hook uh generally around five to six innings and uh so i was very excited to see that and um, and uh of course i i know how you feel about him but but i'm not let, gonna let you go uh without uh, throwing a little acknowledgement to albert Pujols for uh, becoming the third all-time leader in the rbi rbis and for passing Barry Bonds, who I'm not a fan of. <laughs> well, I mean, first things first here. It's not that I hate Albert Pujols. We'll get into that a little bit today, you know, because our congratulations are in order for passing, um, for passing Barry Bonds. It's just that there's a little bit of bitterness with how all that went down, and it's not really Albert Pujols' fault. If I were Albert Pujols and I was offered that contract he was offered years ago, I would have taken it too. I, I get it. But that contract is killing this team's payroll. That's my problem. It's not the play. So backing up here, one more congratulations is in order as well. Mike Trout, 26 games. Every game he's playing this season, he has gotten on base. That is an amazing stat. And he definitely deserves some props for that outstanding uh, this. He continues to amaze me just how good he is, not just week in and week out, but day in and day out. And hopefully the Angels can get some help around him for you know years to come. Okay, so backing up, going to Saturday's game. Again, the title of this episode is The Tale of Two Games. We It starts off right, yesterday's game. Mike Trout doubles in, Cole Calhoun. They take a one nothing lead in the top of the first inning. They have an opener. Uh, in case you didn't realize that, Cam Bedrosian comes in. He serves as the opener, does a solid job, does walk a guy, but no hits, gets out of the jam. He just goes scroll his top of the second, and then the floodgates open. Jaime Berea comes in, one and two-thirds innings, ten hits, seven runs, seven earned runs, 
Okay, one walk, one strikeout. Balloons his ERA to 8.16. Chris Stratton comes in, gives up two more runs in the bottom of the fifth inning. And from that point forward, the Angels were, you know, they just were behind their way, and, and the Royals pitching shut them down. So, John, we've been talking a little bit about this as we've been in the days leading up to the kickoff of this podcast. We've talked about the starting pitching. What on earth went into the thinking and building this team around the starting pitching that we have now? What on earth happened here? How do we wind up where we are? Uh, a decimated uh, farm system, I think, could be right. We we do have we do have some up coming up. Berea, you, you failed to mention they they sent Berea down today, so he went back down to the minors after that performance. Um, and I mean, we just we have we have uh, we have uh, a starting rotation, um, but none of them they they just don't. None, nobody's grabbed the the ace role. Nobody's grabbed the ace role. Matt Harvey, I think, did a good job today, uh, but it's just one day. Um, and, and, and I'm wondering, they're bringing up Griffin Canning here for Tuesday, uh, and I'm curious to see, I, do you think they're rushing him just to kind of take some taste out of, the, out of the, the fan's mouth on their frustrations with the pitching, or do you think he's ready? Well, we won't know he's ready until then. Honestly, we won't know. I don't think that you're rushing him. I think I think that baseball's a little bit different than say the NFL or the NHL in terms of their farm systems and smaller leagues and practice squads in terms of bringing players in to start. Pitchers are working their way through the minors, are facing better and better competition as they work their way through and can and Ken's been going through the rankings like crazy. He's been pitching well and over the course of the last two years now, to the point where he's gone up and up and up the rankings for Angel's top prospects to the point where now he's regarded as the number one pitching prospect in the organization. I don't see that as a guy who's not ready. I think I see it now as a guy who's who we can let's let's get see. Let's get a look and see what he can do and see uh, exactly how the Angels can use him in the rotation for the future. Give him some experience and see what happens. What's the worst that can happen? He has a bad game and just send him back down. If he, if it doesn't work after a couple of games, just say, okay, you know what, you're not ready, go back down. Why not? Oh, I'm all for it. Well, I'm all not? for it. I agree. I'm all for it. I'm again. I'm I'm not. I don't have any expectations for this season. So I like the idea of trying new things because even though it's very early, um, I mean, it ain't working. It's obvious that it ain't working, and we get these little, you know, sporadic games like today that give us optimism with with Harvey, and uh, and then uh, you know, then tomorrow, I mean, Tuesday could be the opposite. So um, I'm all for experiment, you know, trying bringing in fresh blood. Absolutely. Well, I mean, there's still some before folks get the impression that we're just totally bag it on the team we're covering. That's not the case. We're going to be honest with you. We're going to be blunt with you. And we're going to tell you what we think is happening with this franchise. And so when we're talking about the starting pitching, let's bring it, let's just bring up the stats here because what we're going to show you here is it's pretty brutal overall. Okay. And this is going to, the numbers here right now are going to include Matt Harvey's day to day. Matt Harvey, just to kind of recap here for you, Matt Harvey in today's game, the seven, three win over the Royals, 
He had wonderful performance, seven innings pitched. He gave up two hits, one earned run, five strikeouts, three walks. Just a really solid day in the office, performed very well. The bullpen was what looked shaky today, not him. But the overall stats, check this out for Angels starting pitchers. And it's going to blow your mind. And, and the numbers here won't include, won't include Berea because Berea's now been sent down. Actually, no, there he is right there. Okay, here, so check it out. Starting pitchers for the Angels this year. Matt Harvey, six starts. He's one and two, 31 and two-thirds innings pitched, 31 hits, 23 earned runs. 1.39 whip, 6.54 ERA. Trevor Cahill, six starts, one and two, 30 and a third innings pitched, 31 hits, 20 earned runs given up. His ERA, 5.93. He's given up nine home runs. Nine. Chris Stratton, five starts, only 25 innings pitched. That includes a relief appearance now. 36 hits. 36. 15 walks, 21 Ks, a 7.11 ERA. Do I need to keep going? Well, I might as well. Felix Pena, he's been actually decent. Four game, four starts, uh, six games overall, 22 and a third innings, 3.63 GPA. He does have 22 Ks to seven walks. That's a nice ratio. Tyler Skaggs came off the the uh, DL. The, now they call it the injury list. He's 2-2, two two, 20 innings pitched, four starts. He has a 3.15 ERA plate pretty well on Friday night. Here it is, Jaime Berea. Has one star, a couple of appearances, 14 and a third innings pitched, 24 hits, 8.16 GPA. Those are the guys who have starts right now. Seriously, that is not going to work long term if you're going to hold together your staff. Okay, And what's going to happen here is what we see every year when these guys are leaving games early. And John, you've seen this, man. You've seen you've seen this happen with staffs. You wear them out. You you wear out the relievers. And what happens in start right around mid to late July? What happens to relievers? They're dead. Their arms dead. They're de- uh, definitely by September. They're they're wearing out by August, and they're dead by September, and they fall apart. That's and, why I was so happy to see that seven that seven innings today. Oh, definitely, and. and to see that most of that staff get a day off, I mean, that's a big deal. That's a really big deal to see Luis Garcia gets a day off and Justin Aaron gets a day off. And so all these guys who need a break got it. Cam Bedrosian needed a day off. He got it. So you know, that's a big deal here. Now, what also has to happen, who's going to be the closer here by chance? Well, you, you know, you know who I thought was going to be the closer, but now we got maybe, uh, um, you know, anyway, you know, I, I mean, we, we still got talking about Hansel. Pardon? I'm talking about Hansel. Yeah, yeah, Hansel, Mister Un- well, Undertaker. It, with, pardon, Mister Undertaker. <laughs> Mister Undertaker. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I mean, I see, I see that. Yeah, Hansel Robles, they're they're trying him out, 
And uh, obviously, Cody Allen, they, they, they pulled him out of the position. I was high on Cody Allen, but you're, you're more familiar with him. And, and uh, he is our save leader right now, but uh, now he's injured. And they pulled him out of the bullpen before they injured him. So, yeah, I guess we're looking at a Robles. And then the uh, um, I can't think of the other Ty pitcher. Butcher, that, probably in there. Yeah, Ty Butcher. Yeah, there you go. So, so here's the thing with, with Cody Allen is – you know he, he was never going to be your long-term closer, but we'll, we'll get there here later on. I also want to cover the hitting because the hitting has its issues as well. If we're going to talk things wrong with this team and what we saw on Saturday, we got to talk about the hitting. The hitting overall has not been pretty in terms of batting average. Uh, Brian Goodwin right now leads the team at 329 batting average. David Fletcher hitting 307, Mike Trout hitting 305, and then Andrelton Simmons hitting 282. And then from there, we have a massive drop-off. Jonathan Lucroy at 253. And I'm talking your main starters here. Uh, Tommy Lestella, 243. Albert Pujols is at 230, and that's after Pujols on a nice day today. Cole Calhoun, 202. Justin Bohr, 179. Zach Cozart, now on the injured list at 109. And, oh my gosh, how can you do this? You've got guys who um, are not running base as well. They're not getting on base. The only guy who's really doing a great job, we got two guys really who are doing really, really great jobs right now, and that's Brian Goodwin, who the Angels basically picked up off the, the trash heap, um, picking when the Royals released him, and then Mike Trout, who has, at this point, after 29 games, has 28 walks. Bananas. A four nine six on base percentage. That uh, that uh, um, uh, Cole Calhoun with a two oh two batting average is is in our top ten. <laughs> Tells you a lot. Uh, and uh, but uh, um, who's the like, oh, Justin Bohr. So Justin Bohr had a big day today. And is that correct? Is, is that the updated? He's, he's, he's hitting 179 right now? Yeah, he's hitting 179. And that After includes this. today. So the same, yeah. for, the same for Albert Pujols, hitting 230. And that's after he had a nice day today. And that's you know the real thing. And I, that's a good transition for us to talk about in terms of the perfect game. And a lot of ways today was that perfect game from the Angels. If you're looking for happy things because the angels had a you go that first inning and trout goodwin simmons all get on base and Pujols doubles them in okay and then tom listell has a ground out and simmons scores okay that's your first inning so top part of your lineup does the job and simmons again singles in trout in the third inning to give the Angels a 4-0 lead. This is exactly what you want from the top of your lineup. Exactly what you want. And so that that's a great start for hopefully bringing this lineup around. When those guys can get production right away early in the game, it makes things a lot easier for your pitching staff. And Matt Harvey was able to lock in from there and just do a great job the rest of the day. That is good baseball. When your guys can strike early, and they can do it from the top of the lineup. That sets the stage for the entire game, and the Angels never were really in serious 
trouble after that point. I think that's safe to say. So, and of course, Justin Bohr, the three run shot later on that put it away. But you know, overall, there was no real th- major threat at this point through the whole game. That's and that's with our with our with our our uh, leadoff hitter Calhoun going zero for four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think the, the, go ahead. I think at some point here we need to see some kind of movement here with Calhoun because he cannot be at the top of the line hitting two hundred two. You can't do that. I you, I agree. So I agree. who do you put up there? Do you think maybe you put Goodwin up there? Let him lead off. You think that's yeah. the answer? That that would be my first choice. You know, and I'm, I'm kind of wondering. You know, in terms of a lineup switching around a little bit here, put Goodwin top of the lineup, and maybe I would say, gee, what would you do with Pujols at this point? What would you do? He's got to play well. What, what right now? You, you're saying not to, other than DH. He, I mean, he have to DH once Otani comes back. He needs to. He needs to be on first base. Well, once Otani comes back, he's on first base or just on the bench himself. But what I'm really thinking of here is in terms of in the lineup. If you could shift anything in this lineup in terms of try and get more production out of it, where would you put? Pujols in relation, with, in relation with Trout and Goodwin and Simmons right now because I would be half tempted to hit Trout behind Pujols. That's nuts. I know it's nuts. I'm saying it would be tempting, though, to see if you can get more out of, out of Pujols, if you had some protection behind Pujols. Because right now, who's protecting Pujols? Lestella? Lestella's hitting 243. Yeah, he's he's weighted. I agree. He's always I, I question I, I don't understand the trout in the second spot. I mean it gives him more at bats, right? Is that it the point? does. You're guaranteeing him you know, the max at bats every game. But you know, I can also understand not wanting to put him behind Pujols because then who protects Trout in the lineup right now? So uh, you know, that's why I'm not I'm not I'm gonna I would get tons of people on my case if I were really behind that. But it does cross my mind what can you do with the top part of that lineup? to get more out because what we saw today were those guys. It was Trout, Goodwin, Simmons, and Pujols who made the most noise. And Lestella, by the way, I'm hard on Lestella, but the guy does have seven home runs this year. For, yeah. For, you know, so it's not really me being hard on because he's horrible or anything. It's just you, you, if you ever hit below 250, you know, that's not where you want to be. Anything, you know, 250 is not good either, but below 250 is like, okay, you, you, you should not be out there starting the game. But Pujols has been – you know, horrible for years now in terms of his batting average, and we don't say much because he's out of Pujols, and he's supposed to be a well, star. Well, our you know, and the thing is, as much as I am not really, uh, you know, Kyle Hooney sitting two hundred two, I don't like the fact that he's leading off. Plus, he's our home run leader. Yes, we he's tied with Estella for seven home runs. So you got a guy who doesn't really doesn't hit leading off, and he has power. So I I just don't understand the, him leading off theory on this well i miss the days when the angels would focus in on getting the speedster on you know leading off the game okay and try and cause havoc on the bases early because calhoun's not going to do that he's just not yeah, but i miss those days more than anything else and so but also we have to understand that a lot of that has to do with the personnel you have right now and that's the the big segue the personnel right now we're going to get more into that as the week goes on Next week will go on because I believe, folks, that there is light in the tunnel. I believe there's a plan here, and I think it's pretty obvious a plan because 
Mike Trout doesn't sign an extension the way he does if the Angels don't show him a viable plan that he has to buy. We all know how loyal he is, but the most loyal people is are, is not going to sit back and sign on for an entire career of bad baseball. Trout saw the plan and embraced it. There has to be a reason for it. I think as time goes on this couple of weeks, John and I here, we're going to get into that plan and try and figure it out. Okay, yeah, other team news. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I just look at this roster and I don't see a lot of long-term long-term people. I see short-term people. I see, you know, but I do see a few. Uh, there's Simmons and Trout and um, those are about that, the only that, that, that I can see. Thing, though, Maybe right? Goodwin. Pardon? Well, Goodwin we'll see because I mean, there's a reason why the Royals released him, right? Yeah. So he could just be getting hot and then just flattening out later. I look at this roster and, you know, you and I, we've talked about this some. I just see a bunch of moving parts that will help this team have the financial ability to make things happen in the next couple of years. That's what I see. I don't see a lot of permanence here. That's, And we'll get deeper into that. We're starting to get a little bit later in the night. And, you know, so we don't want to stay too much on it. We do want to cover some news real quick. Uh, Zach Cozart is going to be out. Roughly, uh, you know, he's on the 10-day injured list. So he has how, you know, Cody Allen was removed from the closes role, and now we know he's on the injured list with a um, a lumbar spine injury. The Angels uh, select Matt Ramsey to uh, sign on to the roster, and as John told you earlier, Griffin Canning will make his debut this Tuesday against Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in the Blue Jays. Hey, you're going the game, aren't you? Otani sweatshirt night. I'm there. <laughs> I think it'll, I think it'll look more like an Otani belly shirt on me because I'm I'm imagining it's probably a large or if I'm lucky an extra large. But uh, yes, I will be there, and I believe my daughter is going to be going with me. Looking forward to it. Win or lose, all, always looking all forward to going out? to a game. Pardon? Going to have everybody all decked out in angel stuff. Oh, of course. I got my Otani jersey. I got my yeah. I got a. Yeah, my daughter, yeah. We'll definitely be decked out in Angels. In fact, we're going to get there early. My plan is to get there early, see if we can get a picture with, with Trout. That's my that's my my fanboy in me. Okay. So in case you haven't figured out the whole idea here of the, of the, the podcast layout, John is the fanboy. I mean, we just know what he is. John's the fanboy. And while I am a fan of the Angels, and I'm a longtime fan, I'm the, also the quote-unquote professional and the one that does this for a living and covers the team. I has covered the team for Yahoo Sports. I covered him for Sports Out West and all those places. So, you know, I'm more of the quote-unquote media guy, and John is the fanboy. So that's that's the mix we're going to bring you on the show. We hope you've enjoyed our first episode. Um, I can tell you one thing. I'm thrilled, absolutely thrilled, to see Vladimir Guerrero back in the ballpark this weekend. This week, sorry. And I know it's to see his son play, but – um. I'll, one of the cool memories, and someone just had it up this week on Twitter, was the video of the All-Star break with Vladimir Guerrero playing with his son. The ballpark his son had a, was in there with, all dressed up in Angels gear with the, with the All-Star jersey on and everything. And, and it was really neat. You could see the love he has for his son. And now years later, that same kid is a man who is the number one prospect in Major League Baseball and some believe may actually want to be better than his dad one day. 
it's pretty thrilling to go out there and see. And uh, I hope you have a lot of fun, John, at the game. I will, and I'll just correct you on one thing. When you refer to Glad, it's it's actually Angel Hall of Famer Vladimir Guerrero. Yes, yes, Angel Hall of Famer. <laughs> it's really, you know, and he used to drive me nuts. I got to tell you, I I loved Vladdy. I loved the fact that his smile whenever he took the field was infectious. I loved that cannon arm he had. But when he would go swing at something 45 feet off the plate, it would drive me nuts. But in today's world, we need a little bit of that, a little bit of that craziness in the game. And he brought some special life to the game. So I miss Vladimir Guerrero. And, you know, he was one of the first people to really choose to come out to Anaheim over other franchises. He chose the Angels over other deals. And um, it's a pretty neat thing that he did. Remember it like yesterday. Yeah, just a quick funny story. He on the uh, Vladimir Guerrero bobblehead night. He, you know, they put out a platform out there on the mound, and they they uh, go through a bunch of formalities. And he gets up and he speaks for probably about I don't know two three minutes in in his uh, broken English. He's struggling, he's struggling, and he just segued into Spanish and <laughs> took it home. <laughs> And nobody cared, and everybody applauded, and whoever understood him, understood him, and whoever didn't knew knew what he was saying in our hearts. So, I do. You know, if you can try and get a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. autograph while you're at it, man, because the guy's gonna be a star. You know, why not try? Uh, hey, I, I'll be trying. We, I try every time. The spring training was much more successful than I have ever ever have been at Angel Stadium. But that, but I'm gonna have, have that day off, so I plan on going there early with my daughter. So good luck to me. Yeah, one of the neatest things I like about you too is the fact that you 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 take your kids, and I'm not sure if you take them or you drag them there, but they're <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah. I assure you. I assure you, they go willingly, and I do. Like I said, they think they. I think they do it as more of a as a, you know. They do it for their dad, and I do. That does make me feel good that they do go to games. I'll ask them who wants to go. Like one will say, "No, I don't want to go this time," and one will say, "My older daughter would go, but she has to work uh, that night." So, but this one, uh, the younger one, has told me she's going to go. So we'll both be there. Look for us on Twitter or Facebook or something. <laughs> All right, folks. So it is time for us to say goodnight to our, in our initial podcast, we will have longer shows as we go out there. We just kind of wanted to come in there, introduce ourselves to you. And uh, hopefully over the course of time, earn your listenership. Um, we are going to be focusing a lot on this team's history. That's my background as a history teacher. We did the same thing for ramps talk. We bring a lot of the former players back on and help them reconnect with the fans. We're going to do the same thing here. with talking halos. Um, it's really a big deal to us for you to go back and talk to some of the greats who whose names we don't often get to utter anymore. So stay tuned for that as we dig into the 2019 Los Angeles Angels. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Talking Halos. You can also search for our page on Facebook. You can find me, Derek C. Paula, at D-C-I-A-P-A-L-A on Twitter, as well as John Crane at J E G. S-C-R-A-I-N-E on Twitter as well. Don't forget some Spreaker will soon be on other podcast outlets as well. So, for John, this is Derek C. Paul, and all of us here at Talking Halos, you have a great night, and go Angels. Light that halo up.
NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history still in the making? Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.